The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Announced more supports for counties that are accommodating refugees and asylum seekers. With protests ongoing outside the Racket Hall Hotel in Roscray, how likely are these promises to quell the growing anger that has been building in some communities around the country? Joining us now, Craig Hughes, political correspondent with the Irish Daily Mail, Roscray Independent Councillor Shane Lee, and Peter Flynn, Fine Gael Councillor based in Westport in County Mayo. Uh, good morning, one and all, and welcome. Uh, Craig, we'll go to you first for an overview of uh, what the government is facing, where the flashpoints are. Uh, good morning, Pat. Um, well, I guess, look, Ross Cray is the latest in in in, the, in a series of high-profile um, protests against asylum seeker accommodation. Um, the government has been under, I guess, sustained pressure on the issue um, as it struggles to, I guess, get ahead of the curve now with the level of, of need that there is for asylum seeker accommodation and what they can deliver. Um, we know as of last night, there was more than 600 asylum seekers um, without accommodation, um, which gives you a sense of, of, of the, the scale of, of the emergency facing uh, the government and the Department of Integration. Um, now, against this backdrop of, of significant pushback from from communities around the country, um, the Taoiseach um, asked the cabinet um, or told the cabinet that there, a new fund would be set up for the ten districts, as they're calling them, and that have taken the most Ukrainian refugees and asylum seekers, and um, to give them additional supports. Um, now, the Taoiseach asked his cabinet ministers uh, yesterday to have a specific examination of, of how um, additional interventions can be made in those communities. We don't know as of yet um, what his thinking is on, on those interventions or, or the scale of, of, of this fund. Um, and I, I guess that the, the counterpoint to this when it was announced um, was people saying, look, that some of the services that they need in, in communities where additional people are being put in, GPs, uh, school places, can't simply be, I guess, magicked up overnight. So I think people are, are waiting to see um, the fine yeah. detail on this before they give the reactions locally. Now, in theory, um, you've got police deployed in places like Ross Gray, the public order unit, in addition to the local Gardaí, and there are very few of those, it would appear, uh, regularly on the beat in Ross Gray. Um, so there's an argument that's saying these kind of protests, if they could be quelled, um, free up guard the resources. Admittedly, it's the public order and not uh, rank and file an ordinary Garthi on the beat. But there's no doubt promising more Garthi, promising more GPs, promising more school places, it cannot be done overnight. The, the people simply aren't there. There's a GP crisis in rural Ireland. We know there's a recruitment crisis in the Garthi, a, a recruitment and retention uh, crisis. Uh, and in terms of school places, well, there are ratios. And certainly if you've got people with language difficulties, those ratios have got to be much lower in terms of the number of students per teacher. And you can't magic up teachers either. So, you know, we've got sure. the money, but we don't have the personnel. Yeah, I guess if you go back to Ross Gray, um, and, and we saw the, the proposal brought by, by Jackie Cahill, um, the Finifalty there for Tipperary, um, around t- taking an, um, a vacant hotel there and turning it into a community hotel. Um, so, I mean, that, that's one thing that, you know, if, if you can get the, the workers, you can turn around pretty quickly. But I guess that's probably also symptomatic um, of, 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 of a government, you know, that, that's kind of not acting unilaterally. It, it, it's taking away with one hand and, 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 and giving with another. Um, and so perhaps the lack of, of joined up thinking there. So, I mean, it, they might look at things like that. Um, in other yeah, yeah, but, uh, I, I mean, I'm a bit confused. You've got this hotel in Ross Cray and the proposal from Jackie Cal is that uh, the government in some way takes over this hotel and turns it into a community hotel. 
it seems there is a model for it somewhere in the country, in the border area where a, a cross-border grant a post-Good Friday agreement enabled a community hotel to uh, get going. But it seems to me rather odd that you've got a, an ongoing hotel like Racket Hall, which effectively enters into a contract with the government, while you've got this Grant's Hotel, which has been closed since 2013. <laughs> Why not use Grant's Hotel and not Racket Hall? Yeah, I, I, think I this mean, is, I'm confused. The, yeah, well, I, I think it, it's symptomatic of the, of the government being confused as well. But I, I think herein lies the problem, whereby you've got 600 asylum seekers without accommodation. Um, we're, we're heading it. We're heading into. Free, we've got freezing temperatures at the moment. So, if you're the Department of Integration, um, do you do you take the first um, accommodation that becomes available to you, or, or do you leave people sleeping out in the streets again? I mean, that's the dilemma they're they're, they're mm. faced against. And we we're, we still haven't moved from an emergency situation, you know, and, and despite the amount of time that we've been dealing with this, into a kind of long-form yeah. um, planned no, response. But, you know, the Minister uh, for Higher Education, Simon Harris, was with us the other day, and he, he stressed that point. He said, you know, going forward, there's got to be a more systematic approach to all of this, but we're still in the emergency phase. We had thought that many Ukrainians would have returned to their homeland by this stage, that the war would not be going into very shortly its third year, um, so that emergency continues. The number of international asylum seekers has grown. Uh, so we're getting more people. And there is a, a suspicion maybe that it suits uh, government or certain parts of government that there would be single men huddled in the streets in the cold going out as a message to others. Don't go to Ireland. It's not the soft touch you thought it was. Well, I, I know from from speaking to people in the sector previously that when, when there has been pinch points before like that, it, it does reverberate back. Um, but but at the same time, it, it, it's not a, a great look for any government to have any level of, of homelessness to that extent um, on, on the streets, particularly uh, in the, in the winter time. It, it just it, it shows yeah. their, their their policies to be to be a failure. Yeah. And I, by, I might by the way, say, there are other countries that that have exactly the same and don't seem to be beating their breasts about it as much as. As we do, I mean, you can go to parts of London, you'll find uh, people huddled in doorways and under bridges. You can go to France and and find people literally camping on the streets. Um, But we, obviously, because of our own history, feel rather more sensitive to these things. Yeah, I, I, I don't think any government wants to stand over um, a situation like that, and, and I think I think comparing us to France mightn't be um, mightn't be fair because you know traditionally we've taken in a lot less asylum seekers than they would just because simply of our of our island status and geographical location. So, so the problem has been easier for us to deal with traditionally, uh, and the scale much lower. Um, but but I guess one thing is clear, um, and I guess it goes back to the, the motion by Mayo County Council last night. Um, I mean, this issue is going to be the dominant issue um, going into the local and European mm-hmm. elections, um, and I think the government is, is really struggling to get ahead of the curve on 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 their accommodation offering so far. And if they haven't succeeded by then, I mean, you could be looking at at, at really devastating. Um, poll for the government. Yeah. Now, let's talk about Mayo because uh, Peter Flynn, Westport Finnegal councillor, uh, is on the line. Peter, that unanimous motion carried by the council not to cooperate with the Department of Foreign Affairs and the Department of Integration uh, in terms of housing asylum seekers, what does that mean in practice? Well, I suppose, Pat, it's a build-up of frustration right across the board where, where all of us, all 30 councillors are, are recognising what's happening on the ground uh, within our county. What's lost, I suppose, in that in the, the discussion over the last 24 hours is some of the detail on that motion. 
one one two significant parts of the motion was one in relation to the, to the tourism beds in our county. We've we've lost over thirty five percent of our tourism beds at the moment in in Mayo, which is having a detrimental impact on our on our economy. Um, the real very real numbers we received a couple of weeks ago was that the footfall for visitors to Crowpatrick and to the Great Western Greenway, which are two really important attractions in Mayo, are down fifty percent, and they're real numbers. The the issue of using industrial estates to house refugees is simply not acceptable and inhumane. And what we were also... But, by the way, I've, I've, I've seen this uh, kind of thing in Germany uh, after uh, Syrian refugees, massive influx under Angela Merkel, and they had huge warehouses, and then they constructed units within the warehouses to, to give privacy. I believe it's the same uh, sort of thing uh, down on the site of the electric picnic that they, you know, you'd get a huge heated marquee type situation with then individual uh, apartments kind of constructed within those warm spaces. And, and that may be fine in Germany, Pat, but it's certainly not working in Mayo. We have locations in Mayo where, where the, the industrial unit is surrounded by existing businesses where you have trucks coming and going, where kids are in rooms that they have no windows. It simply isn't acceptable. We also, the another item that we looked for is in terms of the modular home solution. We saw where 28 homes in Claremaris, lovely development was built in the space of months um, to house Ukrainian refugees. But what we want to avoid is this divide between existing residents and refugees. And what we're suggesting as part of this is rather than just simply focus on, on refugees, that we also have modular home solutions for existing residents so we yeah. can fast track areas that have, have appropriate zoning, have the services, and, and have existing planning permission yeah. in, in okay. situ. Okay, and by the way, there's a lot of misunderstanding even on this station. I heard one of our presenters thinking that modular homes were like shacks or something that would, uh, but in fact, the modular homes might have a lifespan of 40, 50 years. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that lack of understanding, as I say, persists around the, uh, the place. But going back to the question I asked you, what does it mean that you won't cooperate with the Department of Integration? What does that mean in practice? Yeah, we've given instruction to the um, to, to our chief executive and to his his team that we we simply don't want the, the the council as a body to to cooperate with the government until we have a clear strategy in front of us. Right now, it's 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 a make it up as you go along approach to to uh, placing refugees around the county. We it seems to be based on simply on faceless speculators who are picking the locations around the country based on profit. They are looking for the cheapest locations to put in the, the maximum number of people. Mayor County Council has been facilitating this over the last um, over the last 12, 18 months. They've been part of, of this situation where we're allowing private people to determine where refugees are being placed. And when you can buy hotels, hostels, B&Bs, industrial units for a fraction of the cost of the East Coast, it's, it makes absolute sense that you you target the West Coast, you target the South Coast and, yeah, and the North But the Minister, Minister Harris, just said to us the other day, you go where the space is. And if the space is there, that's where you have to go in this emergency uh, situation. Uh, what do you say to that argument? You've got uh, hundreds and hundreds of people arriving here um, who are homeless, that don't have a roof over their heads. They don't necessarily want to be in the, the, the West of Ireland in, you know, the landscape of, of, of Mayo with nothing to do, nowhere to go. It's not summer, you know, you don't have outdoor activities available to you. They don't necessarily want to be there, but that's where the government's putting them because that's where the government is finding the space. But that's not where the government is putting them. And this is the really important part, 
peace path. It's it's private speculators and opportunists who are putting placing refugees in the west of Ireland, the south of Ireland, and the northwest of Ireland. It's so do you think it's proactive that these guys go along to the government and say we have this facility? Do you want it? And here's the price. Is do, that's it, that's exactly is that what's the, happening? Is that the mechanism? That's exactly what's happening. I mean, they're called refugee centres, but they should be called profit centres because this is all about making money. How do we make the, the how do we maximise our profits? You pick the hotels and hostels and guest houses in the west of Ireland, you will certainly get bang mm. for your buck. I, I'm just That's wondering, though, uh, it's it's a it's a bit strange if you've got a, a, whether it's a warehouse or a, an empty hotel or an empty office block or whatever that can house people, and it's making you no money. And then you see that if I do this, that and the other, I can convert this into a situation where the government might be interested if it's appropriate. I can actually get some revenue from that. I mean, I don't think Mayo people are anti-business and anti, uh, you know, t- turning no, no, no. turning a euro if they get the opportunity. So, I mean, to, to characterise was... people as venal and greedy just because they want to use an asset they have and try to make it, it, it wash its face. What is wrong with that? There's absolutely nothing wrong with it if you want to look at it in black and white terms of money. But we're not talking about derelict hotels and hostels and B&Bs. We're talking about all of these premises that were actually used for tourism provision up to 18 months ago. But they are the cheaper end of the market. So that's why the speculators and the opportunists are going after them. But the, the impact of that is we've, we've taken 35% of our, our, our tourist beds out of circulation. Yeah. And that's having a real serious impact. And the, the, the real worry we have in Mayo is the social discord that this can cause. Because once we've seen it already, businesses are closing in, in Mayo. Um, there are other factors, and there's no point pretending, but they are closing because of the drop in footfall. When businesses start closing, people start losing jobs. Who are the first ones that are going to start pointing the finger at? It's going to be refugees, unfortunately, who have no hand act or part in this. Okay. And we want to avoid that situation. Peter, thank you very much for that. Peter Flynn, Westport, Finnegale County Councillor. Shane Lee, uh, Ross Cray, Independent Councillor. Shane, uh, good morning. Good morning, Fran. Uh, good morning, Pat, and good morning to you. Now, now, let's talk about uh, Racket Hall. How busy was Racket Hall before it became uh, uh, an asylum centre? Yeah, I suppose just first of all to say everybody has been what looking in on Ross Grey over the last number of days. We're going into the seventh day here now in Ross Grey. Um, and just to say from the outset of this that, you know, the Racket Hall Hotel was a fully functional hotel up to Thursday evening. And the, then what happened was the news broke as the elected representatives received an email from the Department of Communications that it was being turned in for, first of all, the message went out for Ukrainian families. And then there was a statement changed that evening to say that it was going for international protection. Okay, but, so but uh, here, here's my question. Was it, was it actually doing okay? Because I know Racket Hall, I used to pass it when I was uh, journeying in your direction. But of course, I don't now. I'm on the motorway system. I don't stop in Ross Cray at all. Uh, time was you might have stopped in Racket Hall for a sandwich. I'm just wondering how much support the local people gave to Racket Hall. Uh, was it really that viable um, and therefore, did the owners of Racket Hall just decide, look, we're not doing very well here. We're not very well supported um, locally. We can't keep doing this. So here's an opportunity uh, to, to make the whole thing work again. Yeah, well, just to answer your question, Pat, the Racket Hall Hotel has been fully functioning and has been fully, fully supported by the people of Ross Grey and surrounding areas. And just to say, like, you know, the, the amount of numbers that have gathered in the past few days from people coming from outside of town, to say that, you know, the amount of functions and dinners and whatever the case may be, mm. um, 
it would have been fully functional and it got through COVID and it wasn't a hotel that was being downgraded or anything to that sort. Anytime I went into the hotel, it was always fairly well full. Okay. And so as far know, as you were concerned, it, it was a viable hotel, profitable and so on. Now, let, let's talk about the other hotel, Grant's Hotel, out of action since 2013, I think. Um, and this idea that it might be turned into a community hotel, how would that work? I mean, the, the government does lots of things, but running hotels is not something that it should be at, I think. But look, Pat, if the government had been listening to what has been said from both I and elected representatives and others, this wouldn't be the case. Because suddenly what we've seen here now is that they've suddenly identified that Ross Grain needs a hotel. They've now removed a fully functional hotel to go after a hotel that has been idle since 2013. You know, and, 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 and since this news has broke, um, my phone has been very, very busy um, as late as before I come on your show. And people think it's absolutely horrifying to think that what the government are now doing is the reacting to what has been witnessed for the last number of days, which is people power in this situation. And now they're going to t- speak about a community hotel. You know, so like in life and in, in towns across the country, we speak about standards. And even the, the mention of the word a community hotel, to me, does not sit right. Yeah, I'm just wondering why the government, maybe the owner of Grant's Hotel, uh, it's owned by some private uh, person, uh, didn't offer it, didn't see an opportunity to uh, offer it to the government for international protection or Ukrainian families or whatever it might have been. But, I mean, it would need to be refurbed, one presumes, if it's been closed for so long. But, Pat, just to go back to what I've just said to you, why would you remove a fully functioning hotel that has been operating up to Thursday evening yeah. and then try to go after the you hotel? See, that's been there is, there is a whole business. I'm sure uh, you respect the idea of private property that people can actually do what they're allowed to do uh, under the law, you know, planning permissions and so on, uh, with their own private property. So if uh, an operator in whatever part of the country decides, I want to house international protection seekers or I want to house Ukrainians, it's my right to do it. And the government or the whatever um, power that be that might be buying into that, it's their say-so whether they buy into that or whether they look for an alternative. But just on that point itself, I, uh, the first thing I would like to use is, is a word that's been missed in all this. is called loyalty um, and, and the people. And, and communities, are, communities are built up by the people and by its people. And, and secondly, just to say that Ross Gray has nearly three active sites in, in the town itself now. The, 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 the government and both the minister are fully, fully aware of that because there was a deputation both with I, Deputy Lowry and other TDs of Tipperary. So, like, the point I'm making in relation to that, we were given a commitment to say that that day that Ross Gray was being capped. So for a government to come in and support something like this, I think is an absolute mm-hmm. low blow to the people of Ross Gray. Okay. And totally so, so, so just to, let me clarify you, uh, before you go, um, whether or not there were any protests at all about the two other sites in Ross Gray. Has there been any other protests? You know, before, when they were uh, brought to the town, the two other sites meetings. you're talking just, about. Just, just, just to answer that, yes, there had been public meetings and there has been a lot of attention around that because I suppose Ross Gray is a town with a population of 6,000 people and we have been banging the drum for quite some time, not today or yesterday, by the way, to say that, you know, the lack of resources and the lack of services for the town. So, like, uh, the, that's the point I made to you when I say that we had the deputation with the minister and that was made quite, quite clear to him at that point in time, the challenges that the town of Ross Gray has faced. All right, look, we, we'll leave it there. It's still obviously a very contentious matter and the government will be concerned going into local elections um, that this should remain an issue right across the country. Uh, but uh, Shane Lee, 
Russ Gray, independent councillor. Uh, before that, Peter Flynn, Westport Fine Gael councillor. And before that, Craig Hughes, political correspondent with the Irish Daily Mail. Uh, thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.